0: You're listening to a 58 Ember production. Everyone, welcome back to the Completely Fucking Clueless podcast. I am so excited because I have a really like special, special, special guest today. I'm special. Yeah, you are. You're my dad. This is my dad, everyone.
1: Hey, everyone.
0: (laughs) His name is Steve. Andrew yeah. Liddy, the second. <laughs>
1: That's right, I'm a junior.
0: Yes, are you excited to be recording today?
1: Excited, super stoked. Let's uh, let's let's get it going. Yeah, Yomi's well, behind the thing. She's hooking us up. Yeah. We're ready to roll.
0: <laughs> I brought, I gave my dad the premium experience. I brought him to the podcast studio, the premium video. So, and I first made thing questions. I noticed is
1: she gave me questions. 55-year-old man writes the answers down, but your everything is on iPad. There you go.
0: iPad. Yeah, I know. That is a difference. That is a difference. Well, we're going to bring you back to the ripe age of 22. I know it's been a second.
1: So I'm 55. uh, So that's, uh, yeah, a little over 33 years ago.
0: Yeah. So when you were graduating college, Mm -hmm. you want to tell everyone where you went?
1: I'm a Sun Devil, Forkham Devils, (laughs) uh, Arizona State. I graduated... In December of 1989, I graduated. I took an extra semester. I didn't graduate early, um, and I do. I I I do remember it. Uh, I remember coming home, and I lived like you. I lived with my my parents, and I remember thinking, "Okay, I'm back." So when I graduated, a bunch of my buddies, a lot of them still stayed out, and in, in, they stayed in Arizona. And they mm-hmm. remained there. Um, I came home, your grandfather, my dad, he worked on Wall Street. Um, And so growing up in New York, that was kind of like the business, I Mm. guess. You know, if you grew up in Detroit, it's cars. If you grew up in Pittsburgh, it's steel. In New York, it was Wall Street. So I'm like, of course, I'm just going to go and get a job on Wall Street. Um, Mm. However, I didn't go right to work. Yeah. Yeah uh, after I graduated, I, as I said, I got home, I I had a part-time job. It was actually tough job market back in early, in the early nineties. Um, we were going through a bit of a recession. We were having our first conflict with Iraq. So Mm -hmm. there was a couple of things going on and I was in a bar, I think in, I'm pretty sure it was May of 1990 with guys I went to high school with. And, uh, and there happened to be another guy there who one of my buddies, Pete Thomas, he went to college with and they were going to Europe. They were going to backpack in Europe. Mm. And uh, my grandmother had passed away and she had left me a, a small, smallish sum of money that I had in a bank. And these guys were going to backpack through Europe. And so that night they talked me into taking Pete's twin brother's ticket. <laughs> Back then you, did, you could just Give me your ticket and I could get oh. on the plane. There was no, the ID situation wasn't what it is today, which it has to be today. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I backpacked through Europe from early July until I think we got back in, I uh, know early June until late July, which mm. was an amazing experience. You uh, I guys would recommend go? it. So we started in Amsterdam. We went from Amsterdam to Munich. We went from Munich into Switzerland uh, to France back oh, to Austria, back to France, and then me and my buddy Jeff stayed and we wound up going down to the Greek islands for a couple of weeks.
0: Wow.
1: So yeah, it was uh it was really interesting. Um highly recommend it for anybody to do. You just get to see so many things, meet so many people. And and you realize the world is uh is much larger than your small little enclave wherever that might be where sure. you're from. And then when I came back from Europe I do, you know, and, and I can sort of associate with you. I I sent out all these letters to all the Wall Street firms telling them why I should be in their analyst program and I'm this and I'm that and I'm blah, 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 blah. And I got all rejection letters.
0: Oh, really? I never knew that.
1: Right. I got all rejection letters. um, And so I kind of had to think, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Your grandfather knew a bunch of people from his time and he had introduced me to a couple people, people uh, and that's really what led to my first job. So I started my first job in February, my first real job. I had worked some part-time jobs, but I worked my first real job in February of 1991.
0: And how far was that from when you graduated? I
1: graduated in December of 89. So, you know, 13, 14 months. Okay. So, um, and then I, (laughs) I often tell young people that I deal with this. I, I do. I re- I remember the alarm clock going off that morning and I, I slept in a twin bed and I put my feet on the ground and I remember thinking, holy crap, this is the rest of my life. And and so that's February 28th, 1991 is when I started working. And,
0: and how many jobs have you had since then? Like in this field or like uh,
1: any job? One, two. I worked for Morgan Stanley for a long time. And then I worked for, I'm going to say six different places, seven, maybe okay. seven.
0: Because so something that Meg J taught us was the average person by the age of 35 will have had nine jobs.
1: Yeah, I could see that.
0: Yeah. And I think, I I think it's interesting that. because like I think a lot of people graduating from college or at least maybe my perception was a little bit more like you didn't have as many jobs and like you kind of just found your path pretty quickly. But I think that's the truth, yeah, there's a lot of like ins and outs and going through things. Like I'm about to be. Audrey and I talked about this yesterday on my third job since graduating. Right. Um. But
1: well, yeah. the, other, the I think another difference. Sorry to cut you off. Another, no, def- okay. another difference is this wasn't around. Like there was no being podcast okay. or um, do things on social media. Mm -hmm. Um, and so again, and one of your questions you'll get to later, I, I didn't really have a plan. You know, I graduated and I never thought about anything about, Oh, I should stay here. Like, I mean, almost every one of my friends stayed in Arizona. One went back to Washington DC, Craig, Mm -hmm. um,
0: why don't you think you stayed in Arizona?
1: I I don't really know. Um, I just thought I when I think back, I always think that twenty one year old Stephen, mm-hmm. right? Twenty no, I was twenty two when I graduated, just to turn twenty two. Mm-hmm. Twenty two year old Stephen thought, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do, like. Mm-hmm. I graduate high school. I'm supposed to go to college. I graduate college. I'm supposed to go back to New York and do something like my dad did. Mm. Um, and so I think what I've tried to do as a parent to for you for you guys, uh, you and your brothers, and even your friends, if they want to talk about it, it's yeah. it's more like think about what you really want to do, mm-hmm. and then do what you can to do it. Yeah. Um, and because. You've been given opportunities and, and I'm not complaining about my upbringing it was great mm-hmm. but I think you've been given opportunities and your brothers have been given opportunities that that a lot of people aren't and so that utilize those and use those experiences which I think you're doing I mean you're a creative and you want to sing and um, and and you wanted to perform on Broadway and maybe you still want those things sure. um but when you came and 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 the world wasn't what you thought it was going to be, you kind of, as your mom likes to say, pivoted. And so now you're doing this, which is really interesting. And it's, uh, you know, I'm very proud of you for, Mm -hmm. for having pivoted and made something positive. Um, and so, yeah, I would recommend that to anyone who feels that, by the way, not just at your age, at any age, what I, what I really believe is that you can pivot almost anytime now, certainly responsibilities and resources come into play, but you only get one crack at life, so you, you do, I think, want to try and be as happy as you possibly can, and so you're working a lot of that time, so you you should try and find something that gives you some fulfillment, um, as, as well as paying the bills, But but don't be stuck, because yeah. I think if you get stuck in something you don't want to do, that's when you have regrets and Regrets often lead to poor decisions, I think.
0: Yeah. I was actually, my grandmother was just in town and I was telling her about this because she was asking about like my jobs and all these things. And she was like, I was telling her, I was like, the thing about everything I'm doing for my career right now is it all leads (sighs) to the same thing. I love to entertain. I love to tell stories. So this job, like my internships that I've been doing, the podcast, Singing at 54 Below, they all lead to the same thing. I was like, there's just a bunch of different things that are going in that no, direction.
1: I, I agree. And I'm sure at times it can be frustrating for you from a, I live, you know, I'd rather live in the city or I'd rather be making more money. Uh, and and I I'm, I can identify with that. But I also think, there's plenty of time to make money, mm-hmm. especially at your age, and being able to chase things that you really like, I th- I believe makes it easier. And so, yeah, I do believe partly because I'm your dad and I'm not objective, <laughs> but I do believe that ultimately you will find something yeah. that someday you know be like, oh, what is Sarah Lydia doing? Well, wasn't she going to be on Broadway? But then she did, and then she pivoted, and now she's got this, whatever it is, and yeah. that's creative. And I think. You know, I think that'll be great. I think one of the things you your mom's not here to speak for herself, but I think one of the things that rung home with me and, and kind of made me feel I don't want to say bad, but I but when you said in the article and I know you've told this, how you the expectations on you, you felt expectations outside the walls of our home. I don't think we put expectations on you to be on Broadway or to be the next big thing on stage. But I think you did because you had such popularity um, in high school and then you went to college and then that changed a little bit. It, it, it wasn't as easy as you thought it was going to be or it's sometimes as fun, you know, and I think. Yeah. But I think those I've always said to you that the business that you wanted to get in is a rejection business. It's mm-hmm. a no business. And so you have to be able to to get by that. Um, mm-hmm. and it's good to see that you've figured out a way to get by that and you're expressing yourself and uh and you're ready to take this to do the next thing yeah whatever that is and that's the interesting part of life that a lot of times you don't know what the next part is.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what when we, t- I always bring it back to like the Meg Jay stuff just because I think so many of like the themes and the topics that we talk about with guests and between Audrey and I like always come back to a lot of the things that she talked about in her book. But when we interviewed her, she had said like most of the time people end up in a job that they didn't even know existed <laughs> in college or they didn't even know was real. That's very, very true. Yeah, no, I feel it. I feel it all the time. I, I can't
1: tell you. As a man in his 50s, -hmm. how many times I've met somebody and I'm like, how did you get into this business? Mm -hmm. Not because I wanted to get into it. Just if you meet somebody on a golf course and you're going to be with them for four hours and you're trying to figure out something to talk about. So how did you get into this business? And it'll be some wackadoo story. (laughs) and And the person either enjoys it or has become uber successful in it. So yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, spe- and again, today, I mean, I don't mean to bring Yomi back into the conversation, <laughs> but, you know, we walked in and I said, Hey, how did you get into, you know, podcast directing or producing? And I was a photographer. I had a nine to five job, I hated it. And so Yomi pivoted, go Yomi. <laughs> and and now she's doing yes. something that she likes. And so I think that's really one of the questions, and I'm sure we'll yeah, hit we can on questions. You can get
0: to it if you want. Free
1: flow, like, yeah. I think I, I think people in their 20s and even in maybe into their 30s, you should be taking as much career risk as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. So one of the other things, I don't know if you remember, but one of the other things I would talk to you and your brothers about, I think when I wrote to you guys before you all left for college, I oh, wrote yeah. them all letters. And I think one of the the ideas that I expressed to you was that In college, like this is the most, this is the least responsibility that you'll have in your life. The only responsibility you have is to you and to 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 do the best that you possibly can. I don't know what other parents did. I always told my kids, I don't necessarily want A's, but I do want an A effort. And so those that was your responsibility in college, to give yourself the best opportunity to 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 then take the next step. Mm -hmm. And and so when you're out of college, every day almost, not every day, but you just continually get more and more responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. You have a responsibility to the podcast, your responsibility to a relationship. You have the responsibility possibly to a job. you know, you have to pay rent. And so even in your 20s, then if you if you marry and you have children, those responsibilities continually go up. So in your 20s, take as much career risk as you possibly can because what's your loss? Yeah. It's very low. You can you can pivot and get a part-time job as long as it's only yourself. Mm-hmm. But try and find something that you're truly passionate about because the fact of the matter is you're going to be working a long time. Yeah. And so you might as well find something that you're truly passionate at um, that allows you to get a balance between the hard work that life is, the responsibility, and that is stress. So find some, so at least have that balance where like, oh, I enjoy doing this, right? Mm-hmm. What's the phrase, if you you know enjoy what you're doing, you'll never work a day uh, yeah. in your life, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. And so, and, and I don't know that's 100% true, but, because I'm sure even in things that you enjoy when you're working, like I'm sure days that this, you're like, I don't want to go do this, but this is what you've cho- chosen to do. So do it the best that you can. But also find that balance that to enjoy. If you're enjoying, if, if work allows you certain opportunities, then enjoy those opportunities.
0: Mm-hmm. And what do you feel like you were like in your 20s?
1: Like, So it's, I, I was, that's a tough question. Yeah, It's funny because generally I think I have pretty good recall. <laughs> but I think the best way to say was when, and part of your questions made me think about this. Your mom's often asked me about this too. I think I was confused.
0: Okay, so you felt clueless. I think
1: I, I was confused because I don't know what this uh, gravitational pull back to New York was. Mm. Um, other than my parents were here. I mean, look, I was the first kid to go to college. I was the oldest, you know, I have a younger brother. and And I left and I went as far away from home as I possibly could not for any specific reason. I wanted to go out West. Um, UCLA was going to cost twice as much. ASU was going to cost half as much. So that's basically the, how the decision was made. Um, and I met some great people out there and, and it opened my eyes to a lot of things. I think one of the things that's been beneficial in my life is I've been fortunate in that I grew up in Brooklyn, which was an unbelievable way to grow up because you're introduced to so many different people and cultures um, and you're in the greatest city in the world, greatest yeah. city in my opinion. And and then I w- I moved to Arizona um, and I lived there for, four you know, the better part of four and a half years. And so that opened my, my eyes to, A, a different part of the world, a different thinking, different people from different parts of this country. And then when we moved back, you know, your mom and I lived in Canada for a year. Yeah. Which was really, really interesting. Uh, I had an uncle that lived up there, so that was nice to be able to get a little close to him as my godfather. And then we moved back. Uh, we got married. Subsequently, you were born, and then we moved to London. So I lived in London for three years. Uh, your brother Stephen was born there, and and you know now we've lived back here in New York for you know I think you know last month in April we were in our house for 20 years. The you know which, yeah. So I mean. You've lived in a few places. Steven's lived in a few. It's the only place Aiden's ever lived in. Yeah. Um, I know. So when I, you know, getting back to the question, though, like, I, I think I was confused. I, I was also, I feel like, and you might be able to identify this, maybe you can't, but mm-hmm. I feel like to an extent I was living a split life. I was living at home. I lived at home until I was 26 years old. And there, there are a couple of reasons for that. Um, and... If I could go back, what I do wish I would have done after I got my full time job, I wish I would have gone and like bartended to pay rent and lived in the city. So mm-hmm. I do feel like I may have missed out a little bit um, on on the early 20s. Like my 20s were kind of split. So, you know, I I lived it. I, gra- I came home. I was 22. And then I was home for the better, you know, for three years. Um but i would go in the city i worked in the city i would sleep at people's houses yeah. you know so a lot of times i wasn't home on the weekend but i still had all my brooklyn friends that i was and these guys and i love them you've met <laughs> a lot of them they they went in different paths a lot of my buddies who grew up in brooklyn by the time i moved to the city when i was 26 years old they were already married they were wow. and starting their families so um a lot of times i felt like a a push pull like oh i'm hanging out with these guys or and so which was good, it kept me grounded in a lot of ways. But, so yeah, I, I felt confused as to what was I supposed to be doing? You know, I was working, I had this job, I didn't really know how I was supposed to be doing in this job, I knew I wanted to do, I was in an operational job and I knew I wanted to move to the business side of Wall Street trading and and, and I was trying to figure out how to do that. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of confusion that went on there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess when people ask me about living at home, um, I always say that I'm like privileged to do it because I think you and mom have done a really great job of like letting me still be like a twenty something, even though I'm living at home.
1: Well, I'm a great father, that's why. <laughs> I often say My Dad that. has
0: this thing. He is a great father. <laughs> he is, he is. But what it's I mean funny. by that
1: is <laughs> I think in today's world. And your mom's a therapist, and as I'm sure you've told your audience before, yeah, I think there's so much looking back all the time, like mm-hmm. what could I have done better? Yeah, and so we're always looking to correct the mistakes behind us. N- let me rephrase that: not rec- not correct them, but set it up so that the next generation doesn't. And so, as a parent, the only thing I believe I've really done well, well, the thing I think I've done best is. I've tried to be in the moment with you guys. Mm -hmm. I have made a ton of mistakes, Mm -hmm. but I can't correct those. So I just try and be present. um, Always be, you know, I try and be positive with you. Certainly I've lost my, my cool a few times, (laughs) um, whether warranted or not. uh, But parenting is really hard. Um, But when I look, you know, you turn the news on every day and and you see some of the, the stuff that goes on in the world, whether it's here or anywhere else and I do I feel like I had really good parents you know Mm -hmm. um, and I've tried to model my way after that and I think your mom and I have been really really good parents we are not perfect parents um by any stretch of the imagination Sarah's mom will often say well Steve I think it's up to Sarah Stephen and Aiden to decide how you were as a father (laughs) and I I always answer by saying oh no no I was good (laughs) nobody can tell me
0: I think you guys have been great parents. I actually wrote this in Mom's Mother's Day card. I I love that mom, because she's a therapist, you know, is able to recognize and Vocalized to me and the boys when she feels like she wasn't the best mom, but I also am like, you should recognize that you were like a really, really great mom. I'm like, right. I feel really lucky, you know, to have <laughs> had to still have you guys as my parents, but <laughs> yeah, and I feel like that's why it's not as hard for me to live, live at more. home. I mean, sure, do I mi- like I was talking about this with Nana the other day because we were talking about my car at school from school, and I was telling her I was like, I think I miss that car because I miss like what it meant to like be on my own in that way. And I think I know I can do it again. I think there'll be new challenges once I do get move out, especially financial, as I learn to budget myself. Um, But I think, like you said earlier, I'm okay with living at home right now so that I can use my money to make the things like this that I love, like, happen. And hopefully they will grow and, you know, I'll get to, like, move into the city when I am financially, you know, ready. Um, And I think, like – my life is still, like, very vibrant in the city. I'm always here, like, right. Well, you we know. live very close. Yeah, right. yeah. I feel like I've been so lucky to, like, grow up in this sort of situation where we've lived in a suburb and then have the city so close. Honestly, sometimes I like coming home to the suburb because right. it's, like, chill and I know that I'm, like, safe. There's not a bunch of, like, cars honking and everything. No, but I see that. of course, I'm excited for the days that I get to move. I
1: did also write down, and it you, <laughs> when you spoke about your car, like... You, there was a loss of freedom um, when I moved home. home. There were no rules set upon me. Yeah, but when you live alone,
0: it's just different. So
1: I say to Sarah a lot of times. She's been a great daughter. I'm very proud of her in many ways. But since she's moved back from college, I'm like, you're not the best roommate. <laughs> I'm <laughs> no, but it, I, but I get it. Like, no, if you lived on your own, so part of that is on me and your mom, and you know, and. Because if I see dishes in the sink, I'll just throw them in the thing where, you know, I'm in between jobs. I don't know if Sarah said that, but I'm, so I'm not, I'm home. And so like, I don't mind doing stuff, but her mom works every day. And so she'll come home and sometimes your mom gets annoyed and I get, I get it. I totally get it.
0: Not the best dishwasher.
1: No, but it's not just that. It's (laughs) like when you live on your own, you do things at your pace and you're like, your brother lives alone. Right. And. I think over the time that he's lived by himself out in Arizona, my son goes to ASU as well, our older her her oldest brother, her who's younger. Middle brother. Right? The middle brother, thank you. <laughs> so, but every time you go out there, like his apartment's cleaner because it's only on him. There's nobody coming to clean up. And I think one of the detriments at staying home sometimes can be like
0: sure. but I think we're good.
1: I think what we're really also good at is, is a situation from last week. So you were, you, you were somewhere and you texted and said, uh, what's for dinner? And I said, well, we're out to dinner. So you're kind of SOL, shit out of luck. And you kind of laughed, ha ha. And so that's great that you, you were like, okay, great. Or You'll say, hey, I'm not going to be home for dinner. And then, you know, I mean, I think one of the things that's really good is even though that the three of us are living together, your mom and I, our lives are our lives. Yeah. And then we always, we, we love having you around, but we don't necessarily plan Adjust around to, you. Right. right. Whereas if you were 15, it would be like, oh, we've sure. got to figure out what Sarah's doing for dinner. So, and I think that's what, that's made it work. And so, um, but I totally understand you're wanting to be on your own.
0: Yeah, I know what will happen eventually. I just keep telling myself that. So if you're still, because people will uh, like DM us and be like, you know, like I'm moving back home. And because I think there's A lot of your friends are moving back home. Yeah, so many. Well, one, because New York is so expensive, but like also I think people maybe associate a sense of like failure with it or like I'm not enough because I'm living back at home or whatever. And I, I totally understand that because sometimes like I can feel that, but then I just like remind, myself like I know it's going to happen like it right. will happen right. and so there's a city
1: full of people out there that show you like
0: right not it a, will happen. nobody's
1: living with their parents well some people maybe but <laughs> generally no and the other thing I would tell I'm guessing the majority of your audience is in your age group is yeah listen when you move home your folks have gotten used to living without you yeah and so you have to adjust to them now not expect them to adjust to you even though for the majority of your life, they've been caregiver to you and really planned around you. Like, if you're a 24-year-old kid, a uh, young adult, let me mm-hmm. rephrase, and you're moving home and maybe you have two sibs away at college or you're the youngest, and your folks are used to not having to deal with you. So mm-hmm. just remember that. Yeah. You know, because, you know, you just want to avoid conflict.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think we've done a decent job.
1: Right, no, yeah. yeah, it would be interesting if your brother Steven moved home.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> Love <would>. you, buddy. <laughs> and so what, like, I mean, I feel like you've already given a bunch of advice for people in their 20s. Was there something you written down that's different than what you said? But I feel like you've said a, a, a good amount of advice for the 20s life.
1: I mean, you know, I think what I, you know, if I was giving advice to a 20-year-old, first of all, advice, right, it's hard to give advice to people like so it's hard to, to give just general advice Sure. okay because um, I don't know who's listening to this. I don't know their situation. but what you know the thing that I the thing that I talk about, I'm 55. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much time I have left. I'm not and, and I don't I'm not worried about, nor am <laughs> I worried about that either. but we get one shot at this, yeah. right And so I, I think you know in the end, finding that balance, Um, listen, have a plan if that's who you are. If, you know, some people fly by the seat of their pants and it works for them. I don't necessarily know that that's good advice. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the, I think one of the things growing up, you may have heard me say is like, say what you want to do, then do what you say you said you would. Mm -hmm. Right. And so one of the things I think a lot of times, young people have a problem with is follow through. Um, not just young people that, that, that was uh no a lot of times the human race has problems with follow-through. Here's a great you know like you know example that pertains to you. So your podcast you know on Spotify or or Apple podcast is, is too. ranked in the top one to five yeah. percent whatever those numbers are. I don't know those metrics but I know it's high because I know you get invited to these events. And, and part of the, everybody thinks they can do a podcast.
0: It is when, okay, so I've been talking a lot about on my TikTok about right. how to start a podcast because I do think it is, uh, abnormal for to have the small successes Audrey and I have had at the beginning because a lot of people who start podcasts already have these really big followings, so they already have people filtered in. So a lot of people will like ask me questions, and something I always say is like, it is so much more work and harder than it looks because you know you're getting the finished product, but there's so much that happens behind right. the scenes to make it all happen, to make the growth happen, the Instagram, the TikTok, the YouTube. Um, um, yeah, so you have to show up for it,
1: and so, but but you followed through. So, you know, Mike, Joe, and Larry decide they're going to start a podcast, and they do eight episodes. And after eight episodes, nobody's paying them for advertising. Um, they can't get together. You know, on which day to do it, they miss a week. And then you lose your following. So I think one of the things that you and Audrey should be really, really proud of yourselves for is the follow-through that you've done, I don't know, 60, over this, 60.
0: Yeah, over 60 episodes. This will come out how, in July. Folks, how
1: did it take 60 episodes to get me on? But, <laughs>
0: My dad has been asking for a hot second. <laughs>
1: but, um, but, I mean, that takes commitment because – you're like this isn't paying your bills like no, you know um
0: no. but there is this podcaster um they own the Dear media network that I've talked to you about sometimes it's a right. big network and um they are currently like somewhere in the 400s on their episodes. And she has a really great story. She started this blog, you know, around my age and she was working as a bartender to like make make ends meet. And I think I look a lot of the people I look up to in this industry, like they had to work years and years to get to where they are. And so I think Audrey and I, a lot of the time we emphasize the long game. We're like, if we keep showing up to this, like we've already had some great successes, like some, Something is working here, and I like believe it in me that if we keep showing up, no. things will happen. Well,
1: there's that. There's you know, half the job is showing up. Yeah, and so I am not. So I grew up. You know, when I was your age, talk radio was kind of in its infancy. So maybe this is a similarity. I, I don't know, but Howard Stern. You've heard of Howard Stern, mm-hmm. and I'm not a big Howard Stern fan. Meaning. I just never listened to him on a regular basis. I don't like dislike him. Like, oh, I can't stand that guy. But he's, if you, you know, he's got a book out, you can read his book and he, and they made a movie out of it, which was kind of a parody. But this guy basically started out in little radio stations in Cleveland, in Buffalo, like, you know, scrumming. And he had a wife and a young kid and he wasn't making any money, you know. And now the guy's, I don't know how much money he has, but he has a, you know. I bet a lot. And and that's the that's the outlier. But a lot of people in a lot of industries have similar stories. Mm-hmm. And so one thing I think the whole social media combined with podcast, it, it opens you up, right? Yeah. You never know who's gonna be listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what those people think what their ideas for you could possibly be, and maybe those ideas align. Yeah. So that's but again, getting back to the core of the question, like you you have responsibility to yourself. Take as much career risk. If if you've done, don't take irresponsible. Sure, risk, sure, sure. But if you're in a job where Maybe you've been in your job for three years, right? You got out of college, you were 22, you, you're in your job for three years, you've got a couple of promotions, maybe you're even making, it's so funny when we were going to college, like if you made $20,000 a year, that was a lot. And I know kids, you know, your age, are already making hundred, hundred fifty thousand dollars 150000 so, so let's say three years out, you're making $200,000. You're living in New York, you're living a pretty good life, but you don't like it. Mm. You will become a slave to that money. Okay. You will buy things that necessitate that you make that much money. Right. And so you don't, I. so what I mean by career, you don't want to get to the point where you have to work to maintain what you want, but you hate it because that it's not going to work. You're eventually not going to do a good job.
0: Mm.
1: So if you're in your mid twenties, like you are, and there's something that you're really passionate and you've been smart, maybe you've saved a little money. Take a shot at it. And if you fail, so what? Yeah. Like if you fail, you'll be 28. Yeah. Okay. And I, I do understand. I can yeah, I can understand how at your at your age group, and as you're into your mid-late 20s, you're all gonna start comparing yourselves to each other. Oh my god, I
0: think it already happened. Can you believe that
1: uh Felicia's already worth a million dollars? She's doing this, yeah, and Johnny has this company. Okay. And great for them. Be happy for their successes. Maybe, maybe they had a better idea or they executed their strategy better, but that doesn't mean anything for you. Take, I, I would say take um, positive at that. Look, look what they did because they had, pa- you want to be passionate about what you're doing and mm-hmm. it leads back to the whole, you only get one life. And, um, and and so get the most out of it. You don't mm-hmm. like so. What I would say, you know, it, you know, I think you had a question. For for me on that, like, if I could go back, mm-hmm. I I don't know that I would do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like all my buddies stayed out in Arizona, and when we were in Arizona at the time, I think the Valley they call it the Phoenix Metro Valley, so Phoenix, Scottsdale, Tempe, all the all the cities that make up the Valley. I think it had eight hundred thousand people in it total. Now there's over, almost six million, and so all my buddies went into service businesses, and some of them made a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And so if you were out there and you just executed, and you were, you know, you weren't frivolous and 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 you, you didn't take enormous risk, you could you probably did okay because you're in the services business. So, but I'm not unhappy that I came home because if I didn't come home, I wouldn't have you guys right. Like so and I've had a good life and and I've been fortunate. Um, but but the point is you don't want to look back and go, I wish I took that risk. Mm. I didn't take, you know, and so freewheel it in your twenties, you know, explore, do, you know, do the things that you're passionate about, because if you're truly passionate about something, as we've said, you know, a couple of times already, you're probably going to put yourself in a, in a position to be successful at it. Now, how you measure success, that's a different question. You know, some people measure it financially. Some people measure it by their happiness quotient, I guess. Um, and when you live in New York, you've got to have some money if you want to be, if you, not, if you want to be happy, but if you want to do things right. So, (laughs) and that's another thing I think I've told you guys over the course, like do what you want to do because the finances will work themselves out because your lifestyle will acclimate to the amount of money you make, or maybe you decide to move from New York City and you go to Richmond, Virginia, mm-hmm. or you go to Ames, Iowa. I, I don't know. I'm just picking out places <laughs> yeah. where where you can where where it doesn't cost as much sure. to to live. Like uh, this past week, and I was in Oregon playing golf, and we were at this place, Bandon Dunes, which is on the Oregon coast. It's beautiful, and it's expensive to play there. It's, but not overly expensive comparative to other places, but there are guys there caddying. And so a lot of these guys, they were all men that I was dealing with. They played in college and they're really good golfers. And they want to be in the golf business and they don't really want the responsibility of every life. Now, a lot of them don't have a family. Some do, but they live by in this town, Coos Bay, Oregon. And like, it doesn't cost a lot to live there. So if you make $2,000 a week, In Coos Bay, Oregon, you're good. And so the money will work itself out. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I don't know. I I, I like the idea at your age of taking as much career risk as you possibly can.
0: Yeah, yeah. Professional
1: risk, however you want to phrase that.
0: All right. Take your career risk, people. Now we're going to pivot a little bit into networking.
1: Because
0: you, it's so funny, I will never forget – shout out Steph when we were in college and we were doing the casting director and agent thing right. and I was like emailing back and forth with these people and Steph is like how are you doing this like I'm just like so like because un- as you say we're not like this generation doesn't right. talk a lot to no, each other's afraid faces to talk to people and I was like well my dad has always just like taught me to like reach back out to people email like whatever and even my friends say it they're like when you get your dad on the podcast you have to talk about networking so um, why do you like think networking, making connections, all of this is so important. I feel like I have a good idea of it now because both of the jobs that I have gotten in, in this social media field have been because I knew somebody working there.
1: Right. And so here's my, my thought on that is almost everything that I've had professionally in life has come through networking. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, When I started, I worked for I worked for an investment bank, Morgan Stanley, and um, and it, it, when I it's funny it's around the time I met your mom. Like my direction and your mom actually and direction in my life. And when your mom came into my life, direction came into my life. Mm. And
0: how old were you when you and mom met?
1: I well, <laughs> I was uh, twenty five years old. Okay. Okay. And I turned when I turned twenty six. Your mom and I started dating. Mm-hmm. And then the firm we were working for Morgan Stanley opened this office in Canada and I was offered a job and the guy running the office knew he, well, he knew that your mom and I were together. So he invited, he not invited. he asked your mom, your mom was very good at her job. So we moved up to Toronto. And then when I was up there, I spoke to a couple people. We moved back to New York and then a job came up that I interviewed for within the firm and I missed it. And I was so bummed. I'll never forget disappointment. But a week and a half later, another job opened and I knew the people who were, I worked for the people who were giving away the job. So I got that job. That job then led me to London. Like it got me the opportunity to go to London. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, and when I was in London, I met people. Right. We moved back to New York, a person I, you know, I went up leaving the firm I was working for and going to work for somebody who started something somewhere else because I knew them from my prior job. Uh, the most recent job I was at, right? Because I knew Tom Walsh. Right. And so you, networking is so key, not just for what you're doing now. Like if you're in theater, you don't just want to meet casting directors and producers and other, you, know, you want to meet everybody yeah. because you never know where you're going to be. And so that, you know, I, yeah. And the larger your network, the greater your chances for opportunities are. Mm you know, and by the way, what's not more fun than meeting people? At (laughs) least, you know, I think, I
0: think some people are just intimidated by it. Honestly, I think, listen, I
1: I do get that.
0: Yeah. I think this situation, like with the podcast, because not like I, I'm not an outgoing person. I think sometimes I'm shy around newer people, but I think like having to do this and, you know, especially in the first year, I did a lot of the interviews. Like I had to sort of step up and be like, if, who cares like if they hate me love me whatever like I'm just gonna talk t- and open myself up to this person and it's helped a lot in like my regular life
1: 100 percent. so when I would work with young people often I would say hey did you call this or that person and they would say well I sent him an IB message or I sent him a chat or I sent him a text or I did this and I say okay great did you you know, what did they say? Mm -hmm. Well, they didn't answer me. Mm. And I say, that's why I tell you to call people, right? When you talk to people and you have something of interest for them or they have something of interest to you, you get some sort of response. The response may not be positive. Mm. It may not go the way that you want it, but at least you'll get a response, okay? When you use electronic means of communication, okay, and... Somebody says well what did they say and you say they didn't answer no answer is an answer mm. right and even if it's just an oversight on their part get people on the phone meet people in person it it leaves an impression heck do the whole snail mail thing write somebody an actual letter with a pen and a pad to separate yourself anyone can send an email right if you're trying to if you're trying to network with somebody who gets 1,000 emails a week, mm. your chances are what? It was like you a couple of weeks ago, remember? You were looking at a job on LinkedIn.
0: Oh, And yeah. you were
1: like, this is the perfect job for me. I love it. Yeah. And you're like, there's 683
0: applicants, applicants. on LinkedIn.
1: And so you're like, I know this girl. I went to Elon with her. but Should I call her? And my answer to you was simple, of course. Not only should you call her, you should... Call her until she answers you, Mm -hmm. okay? And then she did and it didn't work out, okay. But, and it's okay if you call on a relationship, someone within your network and they can't help you. Mm -hmm. But maybe they can help you, right? Because here's what I can tell you. If you're, especially if you're selling something, whether that's a product or yourself, yeah, probably the failure rate's over 95%. But the failure rate when you don't talk to somebody is nearly 100%. Mm. And so I just think you're not giving yourself the best opportunity. And so, and again, I think you and I are probably most alike. You know, Steven and I have some alikes and Aiden and I. But get out there, meet people. Uh, like I play golf, as you know. <laughs> and and at the country club, that's so pretentious. <laughs> um, a lot of the kids growing up are caddies. Yeah. But a lot of them are not, and a lot of the caddies that we have are kids from lower income Mm -hmm. and and first gen going to college, and so they're quiet, and they're intimidated. A lot of them aren't, for lack of a better term, white, and so they're with a white, you know, they're in this white place, and so I always tell them, hey, just talk to people. Like, we want to be, you know, like... We want to converse with you and you want to help those kids. And so the, you know, and and so many of my friends down there, like, or people I don't know, they're like, you gave that kid the best advice. Like, talk to people. Most people, I think, want to help. Yeah. Audrey and
0: I say that a lot about the podcast because early on we had somebody on and we asked her, like, how do you get all these like amazing guests on your podcast? And she's like, honestly, just ask. You'll be shocked by how many people say yes.
1: People want to help. Look, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bad things that go on in the world and the, the news highlights it on a daily basis. But I just think in general, at least in my experience, the majority of people that you come across are good people. Mm-hmm. And if they've done really, really well or they haven't either, people who, people want to help people. It's a, I, I think it's natural to to, to humans. Yeah. I think at least, I love helping people. If I can help somebody, I always say like, everything's a selfish act, right? And so by helping somebody, sometimes it makes me feel good about me sure. for whatever the reason you do. But I, I just, I think about that, like these kids and I'm like, just talk to us. Like, we're no better than you. We tie our shoes the same way you do. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so by networking, getting back, I just think you increase your opportunity to have success. How you define success is different. I, I can't tell you that. Um, because it's different for everybody, mm-hmm. but the more, the larger you're and use and use the network to the point of your guest. Just ask, yeah, right, and 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 no is an okay answer. Yeah, you can be disappointed. Don't be mad at somebody. Maybe they can't help you. Sure, they'd love to help you, but if they can't, they can't, and then you just move on to the next.
0: Yeah,
1: one of the things you and your brothers would say, I would remember. Did you ask this? T- oh, did you get a job? Did you do? Did you ask? You can't ask, Dad. That's rude. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> it's not. And and so again, I think uh, I think you should put your phones down too, like for yeah. two hours a day.
0: Yeah, I'm or, trying. I'm getting getting a little bit better at it. You
1: know, you know, your mom. One of the things your mom does, I think it's great, on her ride home from work, which is anywhere from a half hour to an hour, depending upon traffic. Yeah, use that time to call somebody, not text to him with Siri.
0: Yeah, oh, with the Apple card. Would word. you like
1: to respond? No, I don't <laughs> want to respond. Call. Like when we were growing up, um AT&T used to have an ad campaign. It was called reach out and touch someone.
0: Oh, that's and so, nice.
1: Yeah, I think human contact is a is is important and I think there's a loss of that in especially with your generation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean speaking of my generation, you have 3 kids. I do. In <laughs> three kids in our 20s. What has that been like for you, like as a dad, as a parent?
1: Um, yeah, I think it's been interesting. I think the the whole parenting gamut has been interesting. Um, but now that you're all in your twenties, her youngest brother turned twenty a month ago.
0: Yeah, Aiden.
1: I think. Uh, look, I think once y'all once y'all all went to college. That's kind of the the shift, right. That's the demarcation line because you go away, a, you're living by yourself, so mm-hmm. you have freedom. So the rules that were in the house aren't necessarily the rules that you follow, which is totally fine. Mm-hmm. but you also come home with your own original ideas. You're at school, your mind is being um, opened Spending. up to different people, different ideas, you're learning things, which mm-hmm. is great. So, I think over the course you're 25. Yeah. So over the course of the last seven years, as this pro- this process has taken place, listen. Sometimes it's it can be challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, especially with your brother. Yeah. Right. Your, your middle brother can some. You know, he he has his ide- ideologies. Um, but overall, it's been really interesting to see the transformation in in you from. Adolescents slash teenagers into young adults. So mm-hmm.
0: and what's a piece? I'm actually thinking about this now because we have a couple parents that will listen because they think it's a good insight to 100%. 20-somethings. What was what's like a piece of advice you would give to a parent with a child in their 20s?
1: Hear them. Uh as somebody, as you know, who is so quick to open his mouth and speak, mm-hmm. and, and that is a fault, listen. Mm-hmm. Right, I. What is the I? You say this to your brother Stephen all the time. God gave you two ears and one <laughs> mouth for a reason. Listen twice as much. Um, that's also a good piece of advice as you're networking to listen, mm. um, be, hear them because life is different for you than it was for us. Um, you know, our generation, for 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 four, for five, for ten generations before us, generally the next generation did better financially. I don't necessarily know that that's true. I think it's harder, to you know, to make money. I think, <laughs> I think in a lot of ways, and this is, we're not going to go in this direction, but I think a lot of ways, our generation screwed things up, borrowing yeah. money. And, and so we're in this revolving door of, of ups and downs in the economy, which, you know, you guys have to, you guys have to fix because it's, you're, you're the next, you're next up. Yeah. But, yeah, listen to listen to them more. Mm. M- it's really important, and uh, and don't be afraid to. I, I get it. So, look, I talk to your mother all the time. Sometimes I'm like, this one needs a swift kick in the ass. That's what they need. They don't need a hug. They need mm. they need a kick in the butt. But but because that was our generation, like you know, you need to work harder. You know, like you know, there is such an emphasis now on and and, and properly so on on you know mental health awareness. Mm-hmm. And uh, listen, uh, you know we've had our family trials with with mental health and, and and suicide, and and young people do need that. They need to to be heard. Yeah. Um, and and remember, try and remember what it was like when you were there, like. D- I don't have it all figured out at 55. Mm-hmm. How the heck could a 22-year-old have it all figured out? Yeah. Hey, it's inter- when you – I think one of the first things I talked to you about or, or mentioned to you, I thought your podcast idea was really good because you're completely fucking clueless every stage of your life because yeah. you've never done that before. Mm-hmm. Like, your mom will often talk about it, and I'm sure you'll have your mom on, but your mom will often talk about, like, we left the hospital with you. We were like uh, – Hello, <laughs> you're letting us take this thing home? Are you <laughs> out of your mind? Like, um and and even, you know, your mom and I can talk about how like, especially during your teen years, your mom and I relationships suffered because you're putting so much into parenting. And then now in our mid-50s, you know, we do things that we didn't do in our 40s. And so you're always clueless about where y- you know you are in life yeah. because it's the first time that you so. To your, to your main listeners, like, don't think your parents have it all figured out either. Yeah. Right. Um, Because we don't. (laughs) Um, Certainly we have an idea and, and, and you're on a path, but, but yeah, parents listen to them. Uh, I think that's what I try and do.
0: Yeah, I feel hurt by you. Especially, I think there was a moment, I forget when you said this to me, but, you know, when I decided to kind of pivot from theater, at least for right now, you know, I think it was hard for you and mom and you were kind of confused. Um, But then, I feel, I don't know when you said this to me, but recently or in the past, like six months, you were like, oh, it was at my birthday dinner. You were like, you know, and then you explained it to me like, this isn't me not ever doing it again. It's just me trying a new path for right now because it's like, what's making me happy? So that's when I was like, oh, like he gets it now.
1: I do, I do. But I also, you know, and I'll say this to your listeners and to your viewers, like you were meant to be on stage. Like that's to me what you were meant to do. So I, by that, I don't mean, I don't mean you should be a Tony Award winning or an Oscar award winning or this, but like doing the 54 below or. Yes. I think that, you know, getting a band, like people, you should, you have a gift and you should share that gift with people because it will give them, like, I know when you mentioned the Parker house, when we go down to the Parker house with me and my idiot buddies who act like 20 year olds when we're (laughs) there and this band comes on and they're a good band i mean th- you know that's not you too but you hear a song like music brings people together and sure. and and so you have that ability to to create and and to be like people oh shit you know that's awesome and like so uh yeah
0: thanks okay last question for you tell us a recent time that you have felt clueless your clueless moment of the week could be uh, anything you want it to be
1: so the clueless moment of the week that's interesting. Well, I was, la- you know, <laughs> I was in Oregon over the weekend and, um, and I just, I, I spent a lot of time, you know, thinking about, you know, my own work situation Sure. and, um, and what I'm and what I'm going to do and how I'm, you know, I've been in this career for so long and, without going into the long of short of, you know, short of it with your viewers, like, I'm kind of stuck waiting on something before I can start. And Mm -hmm. so I feel clueless about that. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's, uh, at times demoralizing and depressing. But I also, you know, I use that. I was standing out, um, You know, I was standing out. I had taken a bad shot. And where I was was all along the coastline. You saw the pictures. it was absolutely beautiful. beautiful. So I hit a big shot. I hit a shot that went over the cliffs. And I was standing there. And as I'm standing there, (laughs) looking out at the ocean, contemplating life, a bald eagle flew right by me.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, I mean, it was as far, you know, it was maybe a little bit further. And it just glided by. And so I took, like, solace in that, like, Things go by, the world happens, let's take in the good things, mm-hmm. um, and the cluelessness of life will, you know, eventually alleviate itself. Yeah. I don't know if that's a clueless no, moment. No, it's a, yeah. Um,
0: it could be whatever you want it to be.
1: But that's kinda how I viewed that. Like I did, I was, I thought about, oh, you know, you hit a bad shot. People who play golf will get this, you hit a bad shot, you think about everything that's not right in your life at that point in time. And this thing flew by me. It was beautiful. It was, yeah. it must, you know, its wingspan must have been eight And it just glided by on the, it, you know, not flew by at twenty miles an hour, kinda looked at me like, hey, what's up? <laughs> and uh and I thought, okay, the world goes by. Just yeah. live in the moment. So
0: amazing piece of advice to end it on. All right, Dad. Thank you so much for being here today thank and for you all for the good it, advice. Man. Yeah, I
1: hope, I hope it uh Yeah, I I hope it it helps.
0: I think it will. I think it will. If you guys like what you are hearing, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Completely Fucking Clueless and on TikTok and YouTube at Completely F-C-K-I-N-G Clueless. Have an amazing week, everyone, and don't forget to be motherfucking clueless. Bye. Thanks, y'all. This has been a 58 Ember production.